0: Yes, of course. Burl bearer. I've known a few writers who were rogues and vagabonds. And I'm Roger Moore. And on the phone is the the primary character in a book I read this week that was a fantastic book. Excellent book. Buy it, read it, believe it. Rod Deal is the title of the book. And we've got Mr. Ross right here. Gil, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. Oh, it's, appreciate the opportunity. It's a pleasure. Boy, I'm really identified with your story, man.
1: Hey uh, uh, Gil it's, it's Howard. Let me ask you something. What yeah. are you th- what are you thinking
2: right now? <laughs> What about, I'm actually, I'm actually thinking what I'm gonna to do tonight after this. <laughs>
0: okay,
1: yeah, got a dinner date. And by, and by the way, fair it's enough. Nothing bad.
2: Good, I, good. I'm
1: not thinking anything violent or anything bad. Yeah, well, we don't uh, want your okay. thoughts. You yeah. know,
0: those thoughts are uh, illegal. Let's well, but let's talk about <laughs> yeah, right. why, why
1: did I ask him
0: that? Bro? Why did Why did you ask? Well, him that? you know why.
1: And, 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 and he'll Well, come.
0: let's let's give our our audience a bit of background. We live in the United States of America, where you have to commit a crime before they arrest you. <laughs> Except in this case, where this, this nice you, you, fellow is, you, you,
1: you get to think one up, and then yeah, you're gone. Yeah,
0: you, you make up the crime. You just think about it, that's all. Even if it's make-believe. I found that your story. And basically, here's a guy who's writing fiction with another guy on the Internet, and they start doing stories every couple of days, you know, and he gets arrested for this. With conspiracy. Conspiracy to kidnap, uh, conspiracy to cook people, all sorts of stuff. And all you do is write write short stories. I would like
1: to hear it from his perspective. From your perspective, from from beginning, middle to end. I'd really like to hear your story.
2: Yeah, just a couple of things. I mean, uh, conspiracy laws are in place to prevent the crime before it happens. And I fully support that. We all should, especially a, a violent crime. I don't think anyone would argue against that, but... If you dig into the circumstances of my case and what they charge you with, it should have been crystal clear from, uh, you know, very, very quickly that this was not a a real conspiracy at all. These were fictional writings on a fictional website between people who had no idea who the the hell they were and uh, no information exchange. No one knew who I was. I didn't know who they were, but they still thought it was a real thing. So uh, I'm glad we're all able to laugh about it now uh
0: or well, was no
1: laughing matter when they hauled you I, off I don't think it's a laughing no, matter No it wasn't I, I don't think it is I don't think it is now I don't, I, I certainly can't imagine you going through something like that uh, we have all I believe all right not everybody but all of us <laughs> that, that deal in in what we deal you know I I, I love writing and yeah. uh and, and and writing fiction or or writing with somebody or Bouncing, you know, the bounce is always fun, and, that, and that's kind of what you were doing. You had somebody that you had no idea who it was, and you were bouncing back and forth, and it was getting crazy. But but it's it is it getting creatively crazy. I mean, for crying out loud, Jack the Ripper, uh, that book—they they should have been arrested for writing that if they're going to arrest uh, you. So it. it yeah,
2: I, I think uh, you know things get crazy a little bit Uh, with the computer there's the whole uh, nature that you feel like you're anonymous and no one's ever going to know who you are so that kind of tends to get me at least maybe some other people to go a little overboard or you you know you're talking with someone and you see who could be the more depraved who could be the more detailed person now talking to you now as Gil and reading uh, you know some of the things that I wrote it's still very difficult for me to read when I see my name attached to it but when I'm just this anonymous screen name it was something completely different. You know, obviously, I never expected this to get out. I never expected it to be known this way. But unfortunately, it happened. It and ha- now That it's about, that uh...
1: happened. Tell us how that happened.
2: Uh, it's a little bit of a long story. I'll see if I can. Yeah. You know, so I was on this website. It's called a dot com, and I was role playing uh, stories with other users on there about uh just really brutal stuff, really brutal fantasies, sadistic stuff. Uh, it was all fictional. Um, eventually, uh, you know, I was up staying up late some nights and I was married at the time with a daughter. I was a police officer working nights and I would come home sometimes and, uh, log onto the website and do the role plays. And my wife installed spyware on my computer because she thought I was having an affair. Um,
1: what, 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 so what, actually, what, what letter did that thought? I mean, have you ever.
0: You was know, it be just because you were seeing a plate typing away? Yeah, but that's
2: not, yeah, that's, I, that's I, that's I, not an affair. I, I've actually, no, I know that. Uh, I think she. I mean, that's what she suspected. That's what she told the FBI after everything went down, uh, that she had suspicions that I was having an affair. Uh, but I haven't, you know, I haven't spoken to her since all this happened. So it's been over four years since me and her have even communicated. So I don't really know the whole story. I just know it from my perspective. Oh, can I
1: can, can I ask a quick question? I mean, was, yes. was there something going on between you guys that was pretty severe that she would? No. So, so nothing so at she... all. We
2: had a we had a very happy three years together. We were married late because uh, we had uh, we had an unexpected pregnancy, and you know the money we were making was for the baby and making sure that. So we didn't have our wedding until after we had the baby. But for all intents and purposes, we were married for basically three years. I mean, we had a great, great relationship. I hope that, I mean, at least I'm trying to remember the positive times. I hope she can too at some point. But uh, there was nothing in our home. Our home was happy. Uh, She was a stay-at-home mom. I was making enough money where, you know, we live a nice, comfortable, middle-class life. And there's a portrayal out there that is not exactly accurate about what life is like in our home, and I'm hoping that gets cleared up a little bit in the book, uh, bro. I know I'm sure you saw the text messages that I put between Kathleen and I, and those I think show a happy relationship. Yeah, I read those. And okay, I mean, yeah, uh, you,
0: you couldn't say these two weren't getting along because they're pretty lovey-dovey, fun messages. Yeah, but
1: here's where here's where uh, and it's, it's Howard here. It's it's um, it's hard for me to make that jump from happy home, happy wife, happy life, happy child, happy dad, uh, to installing spyware?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, I haven't, again, I haven't spoken to her in four years. Um, no,
0: I I know that, but but you let know... Me, let me take a stab at it, okay? Uh, go ahead. You're yeah, not the guest. You come home from a long shift. Maybe I on what shift you work for. Let's say you come home, it's late. You've had a regular stressful day at the office, <laughs> in the squad car, whatever, and going online, going to this chat room, or, you know, dark fetish room, and uh, this gives us a relaxation. It's a creative exercise. It puts your brain in the alpha wavelength, creative pattern, and you get away from all the stress of the day, doing this role-play thing, okay, time to go to bed, talk to you tomorrow, beep, bam, you log off, you go to bed. She may think you're on there going, ooh, honey pie, sugar pie, you know, to some other woman. And so to find out, uh, she has spyware uh, put on.
2: Yeah, that's what I was trying to get at. You know, we we had actually met on a dating website, uh, an online website, so maybe she was thinking, you know, she just wanted to know who I was talking with online. Uh, oh, not I mean, did anybody. she bother?
1: Did she bother to <laughs> ask you?
2: Not, you know, a couple weeks before she did the spyware. Uh, I left the computer on one night, and uh, I left my account open. We share a computer. I left the account open, and she opened it up, and she found uh, there was a website like uh, still open. It was a regular vanilla bondage website. I don't remember which one it was, but it was nothing gory, nothing.
1: Did, did, I have to stop you. Did you say vanilla bonded? Yeah, vanilla yeah, bonded. Vanilla Bond, nothing extreme. No, no. no it just I, I found that to be rather good, exciting. Liked, yeah. yeah, no, not exciting. Just well, well described. Yeah. All right, it, was, it, it was.
2: It was. It was a pornography website with women tied up. It was nothing crazy. What?
1: What? Uh, what, no. what? What? got you to that? To these websites? What is it that drove you into? The driveway of these websites. Yeah.
2: there isn't one specific thing. I think a lot of people who read about my case, they want to know, okay, what happened in this guy's childhood? What was the moment that got him to the, this extreme stuff? There really wasn't anything. Um, it was just to use a psychological term, I guess, conditioned learning. Where I, I you know, I, I hit puberty. I'm 11 or 12 years old. I'm watching a movie and I see a girl tied up, and I, you know, I, it, it, it got me aroused and excited. So that started to happen more and more, and I, I just I gravitated toward scenes and pictures uh, and whatever of a woman tied up. That's what had me excited. Um, so when I got the Internet in my house when I was about 16 and I wanted to look at pornography, that's the kind of stuff I would look at.
0: Now, I'll tell you and a little sidebar can, story here to kind of put things yeah. in perspective. Uh, a friend of mine was very, I don't, won't say the name of the individual perhaps, but very famous person. And she was married to this very famous person ever since she was 18 years old. They had three kids, and they wound up getting a divorce, and she never had sex with anybody but this very famous person. So the first time she went to have sex with a different man, she was very confused. And she said to him, uh-huh. aren't you going to tie me up first? Because she right. had never had sex in her entire life without being tied up first. She thought that was what people did. <laughs>
2: you know, so, it, it, It's
0: not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyway, I just thought I, you know, that it's uh, it's not that rare and unusual that people find that uh, exciting. Some people no, like I, wrapped I, up I, in Saran wrap I, I, for God's I, once. Once again, I don't find that to be rare either.
1: What I'm asking our guest is, what got him there? I, that that's all. That's what I want to know. I know it happened. Yeah, but,
2: and just one thing I want to add. I mean, I was a very private person growing up. I, I I had a lot of friends, but I wasn't ever open about my sexual interests. Really, I kept that all private and. I just thought that I didn't think there was anything wrong with the stuff I was aroused by because it never affected who I was. I had a lot of friends. I was I played baseball. I got good grades. Went to great schools. But I didn't want to volunteer this because I, I was kind of I I wondered how people would react. You know, I hung out with a real ball busting group of guys, and uh, they get you know they get they gonna see me as some kind of freak or some kind of outcast. So it was just something I, just I mean, se- is, sex
1: in. must have come up with that group of guys in high school. That's just the way it is. So when that yeah. came up, what did you do? Did you play it straight and make it through the conversation? Or what, what
2: yeah, that, you know, I just was into the regular, you know, guys having sex with a girl, nothing crazy, no equipment, no bondage, nothing. It was just like I was a quote-unquote regular person when Super it came vanilla.
0: to that. Yeah, vanilla.
2: <laughs> Super vanilla. Yeah, French vanilla. Super vanilla, yeah. Now, now did now, you ever
0: mention this to your wife? Like, honey, you know, I got some bungee cords here.
2: No, I never mentioned it to anybody. Not you know, not my brother, my family, my best friend. This was something I kept to myself, and I intended to keep it to myself. Uh, Now, when Kathleen found that bondage website, um, she actually was the one who felt we both kind of. I was embarrassed, but she felt bad too. She she was almost like, um, like I didn't mean to find it. It was just there. I'm like, like, I'm sorry. I wasn't like crying for anything, and so we both kind of felt bad, but. Um, she was kind of uh, receptive to the idea. She, we wanted, to, we were talking about finding ways to spice up our sex life, and she mentioned uh, a sex shop in Lower Manhattan. This story is in the book too. I don't want to give it, you know, too much away, people could buy the book and read it for themselves. But we did discuss it. And Hang on, Gil, never, uh, Gil,
1: Gil, Gil. Gil, We're gonna sell your yeah. book. Don't worry about that. It's gonna happen. <laughs> all right. So, so, All but right. we're going to need some answers to some questions. People, people will buy the book by the time we're done. Believe me.
0: Okay, you're not going to waste your time with us. What's the uh, bro? What's the name of the book? Raw deal. And it's available where? Wild Blue Press publishes. You can get it right now on. Uh, we Amazon are talking
1: Twitter. to the author of that book, the guy that went through this whole thing, and, and and I kind of want to let the audience hear what this is because when they hear him say it, they will, they will run to the book.
0: It's an important book. It's not just a spicy book. It's incredibly well written, by the way. Uh, so congrats to you and your co-author.: uh,
2: Yeah, thank you. And uh, let me, I, I think this is the first interview I'm doing with someone who's actually read the book, so I, I was looking forward to it. <laughs> That's this the hallmark of
0: the show is we, I read the book first.:
2: <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think um, other people have kind of skimmed it, but they didn't really well, get we, everything we, we do and,
0: this show in
1: two ways. Burl reads the book, I read the guy. So I know a lot about right? you. As, and as okay. you you already know that, uh, so that you're going to get two sides of this thing, and the, by the time the audience finishes with this hour, they're going to know who you right. are. Right. So of don't course. be don't be afraid. Yeah. Well, <laughs>
0: maybe you should be. i afraid.
1: Afraid, no. Believe me. <laughs> no, I'm, I, no.
2: I, 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 I've answered every single. It's not, not even a a b- It's it's not about that. We, I, mean, I, I mean, the yeah. truth
1: is, is having read what happened to you, and you'll tell the audience a, a little bit more um i I, i'm on uh, completely on your side because i'm I'm fearful for all of us if that if that kind of thing can happen so let's continue the story
2: sure
0: so your wife finds out that uh you know uh a leather gag mask and and a red ball with a restraint that might be entertaining but how does this go to you being arrested
2: well it was two weeks later that she installed the spyware um and I never went to the sex shop. I just, I don't, I, I guess I didn't have the time or, uh, you know, again, I was so private my whole life about this stuff. For me to actually go into a sex shop would, would have been a big step for me mentally to actually buy some stuff, you know, that I would yeah. use to, you know, toys or whatever I yeah. was thinking of getting. But, uh, so I never went in. It was only two weeks. Maybe I would have gone in uh, in another 10 days, but we'll never know. so, she installed the spyware, and uh, what she found obviously horrified her. She found the websites I was looking at, the Dark Fetish Net, and she found some of the chats and emails. And she was horrified that I never faulted her for the way she reacted. But that being said, she still initially was willing to work things out. We were, she talked about us going to a couple therapist that so she wasn't going to give up, but she wanted to get away for a couple of weeks. She was going to take our child and go to her parents' place in Nevada, and we were going to take a breather. And then she was going to come back, and we were going to work this out.
1: Gil, for the sake of, um, the, for the, sake of the audience, and, and, yeah. and obviously you don't have to answer any questions, but, but for the sake of the audience, what is it she actually found and saw
2: She, uh, you know I don't remember exactly what I looked at that night she she had this keystroke thing on my computer so she looked at whatever I was looking at I was looking at pornography involving abducting and you know bondage and cannibalism and all this really scary stuff Um, to someone who's not aware of that not just that but she'd been with me for three years and then all of a sudden she's blindsided by all this now that's you know that was a secret I kept from not just her but from everyone. So I'm not sure specifically what she saw, but she mentioned the whole cannibal stuff. I remember she mentioned that and
0: well, she t- was, t- t- uh, t- tell was, us. Uh, tell us about this cannibal stuff. Was, was it? Still, uh, yeah. I, I got the impression reading the book that wasn't really your thing. Your 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 thing was you found it exciting for women to be tied up, to be vulnerable. Uh, the cannibalism. Yeah, well, cannibalism, but the
1: cannibalism. Bro, well, the cannibalism was, was there. Okay. And she yeah, saw and it, and there, she found it, and, and, and now he's got a kind of answer to it.
2: Yeah, and, you know, so I'm struggling to... to, to I, uh, she's really pissed off, freaking out. She's crying. I'm really embarrassed, and I have no idea how to explain myself to her. So... um but what uh, what you guys just mentioned, you know, it was more about the bondage and being in control and the whole domination thing. The actual cannibal part didn't really appeal to me. As far as like the blood and the gore and, and all that, it was more like the peak of it was a woman being tied up, and like the thought of her being barbecued or whatever. You know, that yeah, that became a, 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 a repeated theme for my fantasies.
0: Um, kind of like the Kenny Rogers rotisserie. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but so We're someone, does she mic. go to the feds with the cops and thinks these are real things you're planning to do?
2: Um, I don't know who talked her. Someone talked her into going to the FBI. I don't know who it was, but someone did, and she did. I, I, I believe from knowing kathleen for as long as i, for I as long as i knew her I, I, I was expecting i was thinking she was hoping they were going to come back and say this is nothing it's all fiction you know you're not in any danger but unfortunately the agents that were assigned to investigate this were incredibly stupid and dishonest uh which is a bad combination yeah, yeah. um so they uh, got back to her. They convinced her this was a real thing, that she was on the verge of being, you know, murdered brutally. And we, I still haven't been able to get her to turn that train around. Once she heard that, I mean, she's been completely in their corner and will just disregard anything that she reads to the contrary.
1: Is this something the FBI deals with regularly?
2: I have no idea. Okay. Um, I mean, it people is, have...
0: When you read this fascinating book, Raw Deal... It is just, it is dumbfounding how anyone, any human being with an ounce of, uh, a modicum of brains could read this stuff and could tell immediately it's fiction. I mean, there's no, you don't have to have a degree in literature to read these posts and understand. For example, let me see if I can prompt you here, Gil. Mm -hmm. Supposedly on February 20th, you're going to kidnap someone in Pakistan simultaneously you're going to kidnap someone in ohio simultaneously you're going to kidnap someone in another state all these bizarre scenarios and of course never take place and then you go on and write a news story i don't i don't, I don't want to
1: exactly i don't want to be critical here but that's not even that good by the way <laughs> yeah,
2: no uh, you know um i appreciate you saying that but <laughs> on the other side of the coin uh My writing was so good that the FBI thought I was a real... uh No, I understand. I understand. I was was basically like uh, the Tony Montana of kidnapping women. Um, (laughs) You have the uh, the uh, uh, Burl. But Burl Burl hit it right in the head. That was the main example of what a travesty this prosecution was. On one day, February 28th, I was going to bring a girl to Pakistan, kidnap another one in Ohio, and kidnap another one in Manhattan. Exactly. And they maintained through the trial that this was still a real conspiracy. if, if, I, if, family, I, pi-
1: if I pitched that as a TV show, I'd be shown the door.:
2: <laughs> Yeah, and it wasn't just that. it was the fact that, uh, oh, you know, these, uh, these cookouts were supposed to take place in, a, in, in the middle of nowhere in a mountain house that didn't exist with all these tools that I claimed that I had and I, that I didn't have. Um, th- these were uh, a van you didn't quote, unquote. Yeah, people I didn't know, people uh, who whose names were never exchanged with each other. I mean, it's absurd. it was one side after another after another, and it was absurd. And it's not like they, you know, there was this argument out there early on that, well, they couldn't wait because I was a cop, I had a gun and handcuffs, so they had to come arrest me right away. Which that's not true either, because they watched me for thirty days. They had a tracker on my phone. They knew where I was every day for thirty days. And uh, I did nothing, of course. I went to and from work, and uh, they were expecting me to lead them to a mountain house in Pennsylvania somewhere. <laughs> but I <made> it. <laughs> It's um, tragically
0: funny.
1: Oh man, I mean, it is a little bit funny, and and it is.
0: Um, I, mean, it, I mean, we're hoping that this,
1: this leaves your life because it's ridiculous. Uh, where, where, yeah. where in your head did you get these stories? I mean, they're they are bizarre. Come on.
2: No, they, they're, they're 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 bizarre, they're deviant. I understand that. I'm not I'm not looking for people to understand why uh, I'm aroused by the things I'm aroused by. I'm not looking for people to have compassion for me for that or to be my see, you I'm you just see, you see, people. Go ahead. No, I said you know I'm I'm looking for people who uh, probably you know hate me, think I'm disgusting. I, I want people to read this book and still conclude that I shouldn't have been in prison. I think everyone who applies logic will get there. Um, but how, how I came up with this stuff, I mean, I'm a, I have a very vivid imagination. I'm a, I'm a good writer. I'm, I'm a creative writer. And good, and, and, uh, and
0: actually good, the book begins with one of the scenarios, and it just had me hooked. It was really good. And then it yeah, went, well, thank sure. you. That was fun. Next, you know, we'll do a new story tomorrow. <laughs> and you had no
1: idea when you were communicating with people, you didn't know who they were. You, you didn't know if no, it was... never. There, was, there yeah. were
2: never names exchanged. I, I didn't know where they lived. There were no phone numbers exchanged. Nothing. It could have
1: been me an overweight Jew in my underwear.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Right. And, you know, there were uh, these plots, you know, these uh, these fictional plots, and I think the judge in his ruling when he, uh, when he acquitted me and sent me home, I think he referred to it as the vanishing plots phenomenon that the government never explained in trial. And the vanishing plots phenomenon is... Me and this person on the internet make a plan to kidnap a girl on Tuesday. Tuesday comes and goes. There's no kidnapping. And the next time we talk, we're not like, hey, what happened? You know, Why didn't we do this on Tuesday? It's just like it literally just another story starts.
0: Yeah, because um, it was never real in the first place. We'll write a new story. So if you're doing
1: this on a, on a site, are there a variety of people watching and reading this as it goes along?
2: Did yeah. You, you a, had an audience? Thousands and thousands of people. Now I had my own little group of about uh, twenty to forty people. Uh, I tended to like the people who uh, who could write, who who seemed to have brains, who could have an exchange back and forth. We could collaborate on a fictional story together. That's what I enjoyed the most. Now there were a lot of people on the site, though, and I talked with a lot of people, but uh, you know, not everyone had the writing capacity to kind of keep up. So, do you ever write um, about? Do you I, ever write about anything else? I'm sorry.
1: Do you ever write about anything else?
2: Not yet. Um, with the book <laughs> out now, I mean, no, I mean, uh, I'm thinking of potentially writing a, like a fictional horror novel. I mean, I don't think that's completely out of the question. Okay.
0: Well, you might um, well. You might well. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, back to the story. Sure. So uh, you wind up suddenly you're arrested. You go, what the hell am I arrested for?
2: Pretty much. I mean, when they showed up, I had an idea what it was about because my life was uh, so good. I was uh, I was a model citizen. You know, I was a cop for six and a half years. I passed a sergeant's exam. There was nothing going on in my life. So when the FBI shows up, I know that it's about the computer stuff. Now I'm trying to stay calm, and they're pretty calm. Like, you know, they were civil and cordial, and the, like the, the idea was... Uh, the tone of the whole thing was we're just going to go and talk we're going to talk this out figure out what's going on and i was okay with that i was thinking well, yeah, that it was, you're, a
1: you're a cop yeah, but hang on yeah you, you're a cop you know how, what they're doing right you, i mean um
2: well i was a cop i knew these were feds and i knew that uh I, I, obviously I, I didn't know but uh i was thinking let me just explain this to them and they'll get it no It'll lawyer no, like,
1: no no lawyer you're just going to go downtown
2: yeah, I'm going to go. I, I, I figured if I if I asked for a lawyer, it would look like I was hiding something. I, I didn't do anything wrong, so I had nothing to hide. So I was willing to talk. I was willing to answer all their questions. And I was figuring and hoping that in a couple hours, they'll say, all right, knock this shit off and, you know, let's go on. We're alive. Right, but right. that's not how it happened.
1: So then what
2: happened? Oh, uh, I'm interviewed for four hours. and
1: What are they asking you? In, in four hours. The
2: first couple I mean yeah, The first couple hours Are pretty easy Just my background You know uh, Talked about Basically everything About my life And then They get into uh, The dark fetish Network stuff And they start Asking about my Relationships with Certain women Who they ended up Labeling as uh, Victims of this Fake conspiracy But um Yeah was just, we went through r- Certain
1: each- women Meaning re- real women
2: yeah, women that I knew in my real life, who I uh, I use pictures of them sometimes in, in, in these stories. Um, so uh, yeah, how did uh, you get a had, hold? How you get a hold of those? Well, yeah. they were just Facebook pictures. Uh, it, okay. know, I was Facebook right. friends with a lot of people. I downloaded Facebook pictures and, and used them as a uh, part of, you know part of the stories. Like this is the girl we're gonna chat about. Got uh, it. So yeah. they so
0: they could visualize. Yeah, it makes sense.
2: Yeah, um, you yeah, know, let me just back up a second here People thought that was a scary part of the case That you know, people are saying, oh, this, these aren't just fantasies Because he's using uh, women that he knows in his real life But I think anyone who has fantasies, sexual fantasies or whatever People think about people they know in their life They don't just draw up a random uh, image in their mind I think people, most people, if not all they uh they incorporate people they know in their life into their sexual fantasies.
1: So did, that did your wife know some? Of the, un- did your wife know some of these people?
2: Uh, she knew one of them. Yeah, but
0: even um, then, you were giving them fake names, fake uh, stories about it. I mean, to me, yeah, to me they, it was so blatantly uh, fiction that I couldn't even. I, to this day, reading the entire book, I still cannot believe that the prosecution was so wrong-headed that they even thought they had a case.
2: And the other big problem with this case is the amount of just blatant lying that went on. And the the attitude in the courtroom was uh, just, this is business as usual. They can say whatever they want. They were claiming, you know, you just said, and you were right, that I used fake names, I used fake information. But they were saying early on in these pretrial court hearings that I was giving real information that I had communicated in real life with uh, these co-conspirators and that I was doing things in real life, I was stalking women in real life. None of this stuff ever panned out, and it's shown, when the trial happens. it's shown that virtually none of these claims they made early on were true, but nobody seems to give a damn, and that's a big, big problem that I'm hoping somehow gets changed, too. It's like prosecutors have carte blanche to say whatever the hell they want without fear of consequence, and that's a major, major problem. It's not a fair playing field in court.
1: Yeah. So, the, so the first two hours are pretty light. Now you're getting into the last two hours. What's going on?
2: Yeah, it's just basically going through my relationship with each of the individual women, how I met them, how I knew them. And, and then,
0: then uh, 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 Gil, I want to move ahead a bit here. When you get in the courtroom yeah. and the, uh, the prosecution is basically just making stuff up, saying things that aren't true, are proven not to be true, and it's clearly yeah. demonstrated that you didn't use the real names. You didn't use any real information. It's all make believe. It's just you know, exercise in creative writing, and uh, still, you're found guilty. You must have yeah. you must have about passed out.
2: It was a surreal, re- really devastating and shocking moment uh, because we felt we had the jury. We had all the momentum. When the thing, when the February 20th, you know, three kidnappings in one day came out <laughs> yeah. in a trial, like, people were laughing, jurors were laughing, and the judge had a smirk. Like, people were getting it, that this was a complete joke, and people in the, you know, the media was starting to turn into our favor, so we felt we had just all the momentum, and then the jury comes back with a guilty verdict. It was just, how the hell did that happen? It was just so shocking. We found out later on that they were afraid of what I might do in the future which you can't do. I, I, I'm charged with a crime, and they have to convict or acquit based on what I did in the past, not on what I might do in the future. So that verdict was just uh, incorrect. It was wrong. Um, but still, it, it, that that meant that I, mean, I was in prison 17 more months because the jury screwed up, royally screwed up.
0: So your lawyer, your lawyer uh, didn't give up on you,
2: I no, from day one from day one now, my lawyer was a federal defender a public defender no, no charge you know she's 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 there for free um the police union didn't send anybody the police union didn't want anything to do with me which I, I had a major problem with too but uh my lawyer Julia Gatto is her name and from day one she didn't buy any of it she got it right away and I thought that it helped that she was a female to have a female Defending me in a case involving Graphic violence against women To have her And from day one from the first bail hearing I saw her argue I said I know like I'm going to be okay with her She was just so passionate and Even though she had nothing but my word To go off of because we had no Paperwork discovery turned over yet It was just their word against ours Um, But uh, I mean I, I, I owe her and the rest of the legal team They literally saved my life uh... after the conviction we had an avenue to uh... set the verdict aside and the paperwork was just outstanding we had a couple of uh... organizations help us out and the judge took a step that it rarely ever happens for the judge not to just usually if the judge thinks that the verdicts wrong he'll give me a new trial that's what we were hopeful for but for him to take the extra step of throwing out the verdict and dismissing the charge that that should show everybody what a joke this case was. You that to, never happened.
0: Do you happen to have a copy of your book handy? <laughs> because because uh, mine was you know electronic. The judge's yeah. statement is fabulous. If you could find that.
2: Uh, to yeah. Re- let me. Uh, let's take a minute here.
0: Because I think this want is me to really. The page number. No, well, I don't have it on me right. I don't have the book on me right now. So if you could find it and read it to us, because I think it's so important what the judge said. Uh, he just—I mean—he understood what was going on. He got it, and yep. it's so scary that someone could be sent to prison for writing fiction on an internet site. It's just—I mean,
2: yeah. Well, he had a bunch of things to say. Let me find a good one. Um, let me see. Da-da-da. I mean, it goes. Out. You know what? I'll give you the one from the court of appeals. Maybe that's the one you're referring yeah. to the case finally ended so uh, they wrote uh, we are loath to give the government the power to punish us for our thoughts and not our actions that includes the power to criminalize an individual's expression of sexual fantasies no matter how perverse or disturbing fantasizing about committing a crime even a crime of violence against the real person whom you know is not a crime we do not believe that the prosecution satisfies the proof beyond a reasonable doubt standard by relying upon a distinction uh, between the fantasy chats and the real chats, that is untethered to reason or common sense. That that that's a line that I really loved um, during the oral argument. One of the judges said that uh, this conspiracy sounds about as real as a conspiracy involving drugs being delivered by leprechauns from the moon. <laughs> <laughs> so so we felt, you know, we we felt that we had a pretty good chance that we were going to yeah, yeah. That we were gonna and that's
0: the truth too. We're going to take a 60 second break to uh, break out the restraints and we'll be right back on True Crime Uncensored. <laughs>
2: Stay. I'll be around today to be available for you to see. I'm about to go and then you'll know for me to stay. I got to be me. You'll never be in doubt. That's what it's all about. You can't take me for granted.
1: Hi, this is Frank Hagan, the gay guy from Outlaw Radio. If you own on a cell phone, and I know you do because you probably got Grindr on there, but it's time for you to add another app. That app would be for Outlaw Radio through the courtesy of RadioLoyalty.com. My suggestion is that you upload that app for free, mind you. Yes, totally free app. In order to be able to listen to us, the demons of decadence, every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 6 Pacific Standard Time or Pacific Daylight Time. And you'll have the opportunity to listen to us smoke, drink, and interrupt each other, which we do a really good job of doing. So once again, RadioLoyalty.com to pick up your free app of Outlaw Radio. Once again, this is Frank. So get off a grinder and get on to Outlaw.
0: Hey, I am the legendary Burl Bear. In addition to hosting True Crime Uncensored on Outlaw Radio, I take time out of my busy schedule of watering my legend and combing my hair to write true crime books. And while today we're talking to a former NYPD cop, my latest book, Betrayal in Blue, is about Michael Dowd and Ken Urell, the two dirtiest cops in the history of the NYPD, and it's been written with the full cooperation of Ken Urell based on his memoir with... Frank C. Gerardo, Jr., and it's everything you didn't see in the hit documentary, The 7-5. Yep, biggest uh, cocaine gang in all of Brooklyn were the cops. So, hell, they weren't afraid of the cops, they were the cops. Criminals in a squad car, drug dealers with a badge, Betrayal in Blue, available now from Wild Blue Press. You can get it direct from their website or from Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever books about crooked cops are sold. And now, let's go back and play some more. Back to true crime, uncensored. I've heard of it. Wonderful program. Uh, (laughs) The appeals court rightly noted that (laughs) leprechauns from the moon uh, would be just about as believable as your conspiracy. With Burl Bear and Howard Lapidus. Uh, Now, there, there is a chance, and I hope it's slim, or maybe not, depending on the outcome, of this going, of the prosecution not giving up on this. And wanting to take it to the United States Supreme Court. Back to true crime. Yes, we know. Uncensored. We know that With one, yeah. Burl Bear and <laughs> Howard Lapidus. We, we know that. Featuring Mark C.G.
2: Boyer. <laughs> over here and, in the
0: corner. Yeah, over in the corner. Uh, what's your attitude on that Supreme Court business, Gil?
2: Uh, well, they uh, that can't happen. The case is completely wrapped up. There are no more avenues for them. So it's over. I'm exonerated. I'm completely cleared. And now I can sue. So that's what I'm doing now.
1: Yay! Go for it. <laughs> so uh, when you say sue, uh, who are you suing for how much and what, what's that all about?
2: Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a long process. The first step was finding a lawyer, which even uh, even though I'd been acquitted and exonerated, there was still a lot of ripple effects I was dealing with, and people didn't really want to be associated with me. But I did find a guy to help me with the federal suit. Um, the first step is to obtain what's called a certificate of innocence, the same judge who acquitted So uh, we're waiting on that. Um, There's a statute from, like, the 1960s that allows a person who was wrongfully incarcerated a certain amount of money every day they're incarcerated. It's not that much, but uh, with the certificate, I can then sue the U.S. Attorney's Office or the FBI or whoever else I want to sue for, uh, you know, probably a lot more money.
0: Um, Well, well, good. I remember Geronimo Pratt got, uh, I don't know how many millions he got for being framed by the feds. And they admitted that one, yeah. yeah, we did that. Hmm.
2: Uh, do you think this is Mark in the corner? That's over uh, Mark here. in you, the corner. Yeah. Do you think if you had left real people out, if you hadn't gone to the police database and researched individuals and included f- <coughs> tidbits of those facts, do you think this would have been a different case? I think they would have been bought Well, let me clear up what you just said about the police databases. They charged me with using it one time with one woman. Uh, the woman, I knew her from high school. She, was, she wasn't mentioned in any of the chats. Um, so that's number one. Number two, she testified in court that she had asked me to do a favor for her. She had gotten into a vehicle accident. And instead of calling the precinct for uh, the accident report number, she says, you know, oh, I knew Gil. Let me see if he can get it for me. So she called me up, asked me to do her a favor. I ran her name in the uh, the patrol car computer and I got the accident report number. Now, I wasn't supposed to do that. That's a violation of NYPD policy, but that's not something that I would be fired for, let alone brought up on a federal charge for. So there was this myth out there that I was using the patrol car computer and getting women's addresses and storing them at home. That absolutely never happened, and that's something that it's so frustrating to still have to deal with that when that was shown in court that that that, that was another just false representation of what happened that's something that scared people early on that this wasn't just computer stuff this was something he was actually researching women he was using the patrol car computer but that stuff never happened now now to answer now that being said if i didn't use photos of real women in these chats i maybe it would have uh made a difference but i think these agents were so incompetent. I'm not sure I can definitively, you know, definitively say that I still wouldn't have been arrested.
0: Now, the other big adventure you had is this woman from HBO, probably someone Howard knows. Oh God! Total, yeah. Totally <laughs> screwed you. Boy, did she lead you down a garden path.
2: Yeah, she sold me uh, a bill of goods. um You know, she was gonna. She she, she, commu- she started communicating while I was still in prison. Um. So I had email, I was out of solitary confinement, I had email access, so I was emailing back and forth with her, and she was saying, you know, she had, she was going to do a documentary about the case, and she was, like, horrified that I was convicted, and she believed in my exoneration, and she was going to make a firm stance for my innocence. Um, so that sounded great. You know, here's someone who's in my corner, you know, a 90-minute documentary exposing everything that happened, all the misconduct, and it ended up just not being close to, yeah. What she said it was going to be, and it really—I uh I was kind of afraid to show my face. I, 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 was, I was out of prison by the time the thing came out, and it really just screwed me up. It was—it wasn't know, it was not what it was,
0: accurate. <coughs> wasn't accurate. No, there was nothing in it that uh,
2: list that evidence.
1: How do I say, "Welcome to show business"? Yeah,
2: um. yeah. yeah, exactly. And you know, people are. Uh, no, people were still able to reach the right conclusion, but there were people out there who watched a documentary and thought from watching that that I would have done something. And then, Erin, after the thing aired, she's doing interview after interview, and she's telling people uh, that she wanted to make a film where half of the people would walk out saying that they think I would have done something, and the other half was going to walk out and say they don't think I would have done something. Yeah, but even, so if, they thought,
1: even if they thought you were going to do something, it's still not grounds for any kind of a conviction.
2: I understand. yeah, and I, I totally get that. Um, I can be the worst piece of garbage in the world. I could be a bad husband, a bad father, but that doesn't mean I belong in prison. Um, I mean, the yeah, documentary, so it, 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 it it just wasn't close to accurate. I had a major pro She left a ton of stuff in my favor out, elevated the government's case, and she left it 50-50, which for the judge to do what he did, it had to be 100-0 to zero in my favor. And it just, uh, it, she didn't do what she said she was going to do. So I have a big problem with that, and... You know, I wanted to make sure I mentioned what happened in the book.
1: Is, is, that, is that a lawsuit also? No,
2: I don't think so. Okay. I think they
0: finally paid him five grand to shut him up.
1: <laughs> All right, yeah, but, but, but then we go to, yeah, was... uh, then we go back to, uh, just before the break, you read that piece that the judge said. And if, yeah. uh, listening to that, and I'm sitting here going, how could this guy, good or bad, but how could this guy spend one second... Incarcerated, based on what that judge said.
2: Yeah, I I was, again, this is like a theme I keep hammering home, and it's a theme that I cover very much in the second half of the book, is what was being reported by the prosecutors when I was arrested, the first bail hearing. They alleged a lot of things that were not true, and that's why I was denied bail. I was denied, the the judge has to give a reason why he denies a bail. His reasons were everything the prosecution was saying that I was out doing real world things and giving people real information and using my patrol car computer to run a hundred names like that stuff never happened, but there's nothing that we have at that point as a, as a defense to combat their word against ours and we have nothing other than my word. So, you know, I was denied bail, which definitely affected things because if if I was out, if I was home, we could have maybe delayed a trial a little bit, but, the, the, you know, just like I said before, the problem is these people can say whatever they want and nothing happens, and that is not okay. That, that cannot continue.
0: Yeah, the, the fact that there could be so much prosecutorial misconduct and not have them get slapped for it bothers me.
2: It should bother everybody. It's incredibly scary. If anyone, God forbid, another you an know, innocent person gets arrested and, and 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 they think or or they want you to be guilty, they have the power to to make that happen, and it's very, very. It's, it's,
1: it's Man, if, if 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 they nailed me, I'd I'd have the cell right next to yours. But it, it, it But it's uh. insanity. It's insanity.
0: You know, there is a, a young lady online who has this uh, uh, related fantasy. You've seen uh, the. Uh, with the giant plant feed me feed me right and Steve Martin a uh, Little Shop of Horrors where Steve yeah, Martin sure. is the, the dentist you know who well, loves that, was a, yeah, right? that was
2: actually um, uh,
0: Nicholson Nicholson yeah Nicholson the yeah. first version uh, that that's her thing she she wants to role play where she's the person in the dentist chair and uh, I'm supposed to drill her right <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, these, are, these are sick idiots man. They're, they're yeah but sick. there's no law against no. that so I, I drill her. No, it's just it, it's role playing. It just sickens me, man. You know what it usually is? A bunch of big, fat, uh, fugly, ugly broads with what nothing did you to do, do except go to the dentist. Except, no, it, except <laughs> fantasizing about having sex with anyone. Anyone. Well, the point of the story is after reading your book, as of writing, I'd, I'd be arrested for, for practicing dentistry without a license.
2: Uh, Only if you have the same agents that I had. If if you have incredibly stupid FBI agents, that will happen. I I, I think most people would have handled it differently. But uh, you just said something interesting, how people have their own. Now that everything is out and I have all this stuff out there, all this crap that all these scouts into my closet, I've had people reach out to me on social media, women who are either turned on by this stuff or, I mean, there was a woman I talked to a couple weeks ago. She has this really intense rape fantasy. I mean, stuff that would put me to... Like, it makes me look like child's play. But does that mean that she wants to go out and get kidnapped and abducted? No,
0: uh, of course not. Of course
2: not. But, uh, but you know, she wants uh, a consensual situation with safe words and, you know, a role-play with a consenting adult. So I've had the opportunity now with all this out there to associate and meet people... With similar interests, so that's they're very nice, something... actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, you're yeah.
1: you're not getting arrested for what you're doing now?
2: It's not no, 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 no. I mean, I'm not going to change the way I live because of what happened because I did nothing wrong. I did nothing criminal. How
1: how, so. is, it, how is how is how are you living now? You're divorced now.
2: Right? I'm divorced. Uh, I, uh, I got a job. I'm working full time again. Um, I knew. I'm I'm working in the construction industry as a site safety officer. So I go to a job site and I make sure everything is OSHA compliant and all that. Um, I knew the guy before the president of the company. I knew him before all this happened. So um, it wasn't like someone... Yeah, I mean, I was having a problem finding work because people were Googling my name and seeing all this and they weren't giving me a chance. So luckily, you know... I uh, asked a guy for help. He His answer was, why didn't you ask me sooner? I mean, he's such a nice guy. And working in that office and working with those people has been critical for me to to help me live a normal life again. You know, I've never felt like I was being judged there. People just see me as Gil and I can just be me. And that was so huge. I've I've, I've been there for two years now, and that has been just so important for me to be able to work a full-time job again and just be myself and it was just such a big step in the right direction how about how about
1: how about on the personal side what's going on
2: uh i'm trying to reunite with my daughter that's being worked out right now in family court um i can't say much about it because it's being done under the seal but i'm hoping for a court date soon and i'm hoping that the judge out there will allow me to Reunite with my daughter. So how, how, did, how, old is she, how old is she now? She's five. She, she's five years old now. She has no idea who I am, and that's a p- part of this case that uh, is really heartbreaking. You know, people talk about the First Amendment stuff, and people like to make a lot of jokes about me, and I'm okay with people joking around. I'd rather people make fun of me than be scared of me. But the, heart, the really heartbreaking thing is that a little girl is out there and has no idea who her father is. Um, you know, and uh. My family did nothing wrong my family, you know that baby is a grandchild to my parents, and they did nothing wrong at all, but they're completely shut out of her life too because of all this and that's a really really heartbreaking part of this story that not many people think about or not many people get, but it's something i it's this emptiness in my heart that I feel every single day
1: do you, 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 to, you, you know, cover this yeah. in the in the book do you cover this oh, part. yeah
2: yeah that's in the book and you know the holidays are very tough her birthday's tough our my wedding anniversary with kathleen is a, it was always a tough day um but i have a great support system great family great friends who were in my corner from the first day and not many people were but a person really gets to know who their real friends and family are after going through something like this you know
0: yeah, no kidding. I mean, my, my, I'm reading your book, and my heart's just going out to you on every page. I mean, I was just so stunned that they couldn't just look. I mean, all I had to do was take one look at what you were writing, and this is obviously fiction and yeah. creative writing. More power to you, you know, and especially when you got an audience who's going, oh, this is good, this is a good story, you know. The book is called Raw Deal. Yeah. Uh, get it. Buy it. Read it. It's a very important book, not just... Because it's titillating, but because of the whole concept of can you be arrested and prosecuted for your fantasies, for make believe. Gil, uh, uh, this was a, a super fast hour, uh, and uh, there's so much
1: more to go, and we're hoping maybe uh, you'd come back and join us again and know you got some friends here, that's
0: for sure. Uh, thanks Anytime. so much. I
2: appreciate that. Thank you very uh, much, guys. Thanks. Thanks, uh, thanks for
0: joining us. Hey, burrow Yeah. What's next? Uh, what's his name? Oh, Magic Matt Allen of the days of decadence, counting you and uh, me, maybe somebody else. Maybe oh, a party. Part. and Oh, yeah, there you are. Mark C.G. Boyer. On Outlaw Radio. Live.com.